everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction, the post-KD depression episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the episode where we tackle a bunch of crappy summer movies. As a matter no of fact, doubt. we are entitling this episode Pulp Fiction colon crappy summer movies. Right? Colon's perfect for that. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Insert a insert a rim shot there, Jacob. There later on. Um, here we're gonna run like nine trailers in a row, real quick, of all the crappy movies we're gonna review. No. We we've each kind of watched uh, random different summer movies, and they're all crap. Just go to like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes right now, and you'll see that all the top movies at the box office right now, besides Finding Dory, which we'll talk about later, we are including that in this list. By the way, um, if that gives you a hint of what we thought of Finding Dory, uh, but all the movies have rotten bad reviews, besides Finding Dory at the uh, top of the box office right now. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, um, I should have watched my trailers before because, I mean, some of them I just kind of written out of my written out of my head. And we were going to review Finding Dory and something came up and we were going to review Independence Day Resurgent and Brandon ended up being in Vegas for a whole week. Yeah. So a lot of it kind of fell through, but that's why. But it's been, what, it's been probably, what, three weeks, I'm guessing? It's been a it's while. Like it's that, yeah. a good share of new yeah. movies. And so I feel like they're at least worth talking about and warning people. Yeah. To expect this if they go see it, whether or warning people us, not to go it. see it. Yeah. So let, yeah. let's let's do tackle. I think that the reason that we decided to even do this in the first place was because of Independence Day resurgence, and and you guys just hated it, hated it. So I actually haven't seen it. Lucky I was in bastard. Vegas instead. I know. <laughs> I know. Jacob's actually pissed enough uh, for not seeing so this. So I, I always I get like a good feeling in my soul when I. When I make friends watch terrible movies, <laughs> I remember once a good friend of mine, James, because he listens to this, he got out of going to see the Wild Wild West and because uh, he was talking to his girlfriend on the phone. We were all out in San Diego at the time, and we went thinking it was going to be good, and it was terrible. So I went back, and I said, dude, it was awesome. Take your uh. girlfriend to go see it. <laughs> and he did, and of course, he just responds later on like, you guys are a bunch of jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I just get good, awesome. I have a good feeling when I, when I do that to people. Yeah, so the fact that you didn't great. see Resurgence... You lucky bastard. That just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. If Will Smith had like a music video of Independence Day Resurgence, I would watch that. Wild Wild West music video was bomb. That actually might bring some life to the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what story? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys tell me. Like, I'm, I haven't seen the movie, so pretend like I'm the Pulp Fiction audience. You two kind of have a little mini discussion review of Independence Day Resurgence. And tell me why it was so bad that um, we are basically theming this episode around its total badness. <laughs> um, well, I think you s <laughs> you start with Roland Emmerich. I mean, he's a poor man's Michael Bay, and, oh, and that's yeah. not saying much, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's Yikes. pretty much dead on. Yeah, uh, it's all about explosions, terrible jokes. Um, uh, you know, just this, it's bad directing overall. The storylines explained in about. Three minutes, maybe. There's maybe three minutes of storyline in here. Basically, they're back. They're bigger. They're better. You know, it. It's it's described on uh, IMDb as uh, two decades after the first Independence Day invasion, Earth is faced with a new extrasolar threat. 
but will mankind's new space defenses be enough? Um, so it's a rehash. Right. Uh, we now have two aliens, and we're going to try not to spoil these movies since we're not doing a full-on review of them. But we have kind of two alien races in this one. That's not a big spoiler. Um, it's now like a queen who's showing up trying to take them out. I mean, she has her horde with them, you know, but she's like a big mega alien of them over them all. And um, Wait, so are these two different alien races fighting each other and using Earth as the battleground, or are they both taking over Earth? Or is that a spoiler? Um, it's it's not a spoiler. Because that actually sounds kind of interesting. I no, they they don't battle, they don't battle it out. That Ow. never happens. That would be kind of cool no. if they were battling it out and using Earth as the battleground. You know, supposedly that, that the bad aliens want to knock out the other race because they have high you know high technology uh-huh. that could defeat them, but you don't ever get to see any of that. They don't explore That's it, a rip any off. of that at all. That would have been interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. none of that. <laughs> the biggest problem I think that uh, Independence Day Resurgence has is that it it forces the old actors and it's so like. They just trying to have too many, not even just cameos. They just forcing these characters. Well, like Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman. Jeff Goldblum, uh, um, Brent Spiner. Yeah, yes, I should have that in front of me. Even even Go- Fox is forced into it. And, and really, it's just, it's just too much. I, I mean, I will say Jeff Goldblum. He's like the one kind of shining light of the movie because you can just tell he doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he actually has a little bit of personality, but nobody has personality in this mm. movie. Nope. Bill Pullman uh, gives another rousing speech. Does he? Oh, yeah. Not nearly as good as the first Is one. What, What's his position now? I mean, he's obviously no longer president. Is he just ex-president, just he's chilling? kind of like, like he's a crazy president. He's like the new uh, Randy Quaid. Really? Yeah, if you remember Randy Quaid. Yeah. In it, he, that's kind of how he is in this movie. And, uh, and but at the same time, he still shows up right in time to to say something important and stressful and <laughs> and all that. I, I also want to point out. Uh, I think you just said his name. The actor, uh, Brent, Brent, Spiner. Brent Spiner. He's he's so old. He's himself. And, and I mean, because if you, I, I didn't. I haven't seen Independence Day, the original, in like ten years. Have you seen it recently? Okay, I just saw. I saw it after I watched this because. Uh, my friend had our bachelorette party and she wanted to watch Independence Day, so that's what we did. Uh, oh, yeah. That's exciting. Right? <laughs> well, first off, when it came out in 95, 96, like, it was a big deal because no one had seen explosions like that. Oh, and, and it holds seen, up. I mean, I, I thought, oh, see, I don't think it holds up at all. You don't? No. I thought it still looked really good. Um, for being that, for being 20 years old? When I rewatched impressive. it, you know, 10 years ago, the it was the dialogue that just killed no, me. No, I meant the special effects. Oh, okay. I didn't All mean right. the movie yeah. itself. No, it actually, like, they were still using a lot of practical effects yeah. in, in that movie. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that's green, green screen, obviously. I, think I mean, the, it's The fun. dog jumping over the car and into the yeah. closet. I mean, yeah. some but, of it's bad, but it's the dialogue that gets really, really bad. And It's cheesy, but it's fun. Like, it was a fun watch. However, the second one is not a fun watch. Uh, it's boring as can be unless you just want to see things blow up. I wanted to rip my ears off and cover my eyes with it. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. The I was original? so mad I wanted to walk out and ask for my money back. And okay. I've never done that before. I've walked out of a couple movies. But, I mean, I if it weren't for this podcast, I mean, <laughs> I, I wanted to leave to so bad. Because everybody was going to see it. Brandon. There are eight <laughs> people in the, my movie theater and one quarter of them walked out. And I wanted to be really? I wanted to be the third person. Well, one quarter, that's two people. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to be the Good third. Call. I mean, I wanted to so bad. It, it, it just sucked. It definitely So, sucked. I mean, here's, here's well, what, Was here, it the script? Was it the acting? Right, was it so the, the, all of it? 
the storyline's all over the place and it forces itself a lot of coincidences you know you're you're not surprised yeah. at that again you have to go back to the a lot of the old actors in the first one uh-huh. that honestly and i hate to say this but people just don't care about it anymore they're just not they're not famous anymore you know it's nice to see uh you know bill bill pullman on screen again kind of and it's nice <laughs> to see judd hirsch on screen again kind of yeah. but like they're yeah. way too inserted into the storyline way too inserted right in fact there are moments in 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 this one where with judd hirsch where where we're like an hour into the movie and all of a sudden these three kids who've been separated from their parents are driving and like they just introduce four new characters because they find you know um they find uh judd hirsch you know on the side of a road somewhere needing help and then they become a big storyline there's also uh some men on a submarine that they just bring into the movie like an hour into it because they need someone who has access to you know the the multi the the core lava whatever they call that because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like every cliche alien movies wants to get to our molten core yeah um, that's true and then so they all of a sudden become main characters in this deal there's another another thing with judd hirsch actually is when he runs into a a, a school bus of kids about 20 kids who have been left there by their bus driver and he decides to drive the bus to go to Area 51 where all the actors, where all the you know main characters are with the kids on that. So now we've got Judd Hirsch, an old man that no one cares about, driving these 20 kids into like where like this mega battles going on. It's yeah, it's so dumb. That is dumb. And then that's a, I think that's always my biggest complaint about a lot of movies is is common sense. Yeah. They, and this they, movie lacks any bit of common yep. sense. Yeah, I that's agree. frustrating. And, uh, and that's that, why I hate the Dark Knight Rises. That's the biggest frustration now that I say that it is the common sense that the editing is all over the place. And when it does come to the action stuff, this is weird. When it comes to the action, right when something is about to happen, like a blow up, they cut to the person's face and just shows their reaction. Really? So they don't even show the special effects. That's the whole reason to see it in right. the same movie. In the first one, when those aliens first kind of come out of the ship and yeah. they were kind of flying at the F-15s, that was kind of a cool moment. Yeah. And the camera held still long enough to where you can see like that mass beehive of ships flying at right. the screen. It was really cool. It was so quick edits in this one. And it's almost like they were too, too close to it. So there was, there was just too much going on. But don't think that that happens all the time in this movie. Like, there's hardly even any action scenes in it. It's really slow. It takes probably over an hour and a half, and I think it's a two-hour movie, to get to the battle scene. Really? It was really, really long. Really? And so I had to deal with bad acting with, and, and probably about 50% of reactions being, well, I guess reactionary things. Mm-hmm. So I had to put up with a bunch of no common sense. Yeah, and ba- I mean it just was terrible. And then if I had to point out another, like Liam Hemsworth, he was terrible in it. <laughs> Jesse T. Usher, who plays Dylan Hiller, he was terrible in it. And that's a whole thing between those two. You know, they try and have. We see a lot of stories where they've got to have some kind of uh, clash for a reason for them to to get together and and make up and work as a team. So yeah. they start out the storyline with this, and it's actually Bill Pullman's daughter. Her name's the actress is uh, Maka Monroe. Uh, Micah Monroe, that looks right. Um, and she, they all three of them flew in the Air Force together. Just there's so many coincidences that were just dumb. But now she's in a love relationship with Liam Hemsworth. And uh, I hated it so much. I, I hated it. <laughs> it. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. For it, it, it jumped around enough in this. It was so poorly written that there were several times where I was like, wait, what? Yeah. It, I, 
The, it was hard to follow. We really had like 20 story, not 20, but you probably had like five or 10 storylines going on sometimes. That's ridiculous. And, and I mean like Vivica Fox running into a hospital quick and running into a room where a lady happens to be giving birth to a baby, you know, because the hospital is about to probably um, implode. Right. And no one, and they just let this pregnant lady in the hospital and she's just like, oh my gosh, let me help you. And she helps this one lady up to the top of the roof before, you know, and they get saved. But the whole thing was just unnecessary. It just was unnecessary just to show mass mass uh, panic, uh, mass destruction, a building blowing up. Well, it, it, it's flopping at the box office. Good. You As know, it, it should. It's it's kind of a sad deal I in think a it way. Made one seventh of its budget the first weekend. Yeah, it's 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 going to lose a lot of money. Here's the deal. That's what they it, get for these cash grabs. Well, that's it's, it's a cash grab. It's unfortunate, like, for instance, the new Jurassic World movie, you know, it comes out so many years after a 90s classic, but they did it right. Um, I felt like if you're going to do an Independence Day sequel, because it was pretty beloved, um, whether or not you personally liked it back in the day, it was it was a huge blockbuster that people really, really liked, and it's kind of become like a modern action classic. Yeah, I really with a liked bunch it of iconic scenes. Right. <laughs> so if you're going to do it, do it right at least as far as you've had 20 years to to come up with a script for this movie give us something that's worth seeing and it just kind of tarnishes the first movie by by doing this that really is a weird thing about it i believe it's dean devlin who wrote the first one and he was set up to write the second one and and just basically couldn't come up with anything this is right (laughs) after you know, 95. Right. He couldn't come up with anything. So then I guess, and this is just trivia I read on IMDb, I believe that he figured out that he could he came up with the script, got with Roland Emmerich or whatever, and this is the script that gave us. Yikes. But, you know, and <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. It's, like, it's just 20 years later. It's just too late for me. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like you just... It's like revisiting uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, Star Wars kind of can make it, but... Uh, some of these franchises, they just—it's just these cash grabs. It's like Ghostbusters too. They, yeah, oh gosh. You know, and I can't wait till we they just ru- Ghostbusters. I don't know if they, <laughs> it's, it's hard to believe that they rush this stuff where they've had twenty years yeah. to do it. But it's got to be it just yeah. to make that money. It's crazy. What's next? Uh, what's that? Uh, twi- probably Twister Two or maybe Armageddon Two. No, I mean, what movie can we talk about next? <laughs> uh, we can talk about Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Talk Let's about, talk about Finding Dory. Let's talk did, about did it. Did you ever get a chance to see it, Rach? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, cool. So here's, here's one the, movie. I think that's this is gonna be the one movie that all yeah. three of us has actually seen. Here's the interesting thing about Finding Dory is it really probably shouldn't qualify for this crappy summer movies list. But, I mean, because if you look at the reviews, critics really liked it, and audiences seem to like it. It's making a ton of money. I think it's just because they like Dory. That's that's what I think, too. I think that they liked Finding Nemo, and they liked Dory. But I personally just I didn't like it. I, 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 I thought I thought it was – here's what I've been telling people. I felt like it was like Home Alone 2. I felt like it was a complete rehash of Finding Nemo. Yep. Uh, the same exact... It's kind of like Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Like, okay, come on, really? He's going to get lost. His parents are going to leave him behind again. Right. And he's going to run into the same criminals again. Yeah. And you're going to do the exact same things again. I, I felt like that's how Finding Dory was. I mean, n- now we got, you know, a fish goes missing in that same group of friends. And it's an adventure. you got to find her again. And it, it was just... It just felt like a rehash. And here's the deal for me... 
I honestly thought Finding Nemo was a little overrated. It's my one of my least favorite Pixar. Me movies. too. Me too. But people loved it. Yeah. It, it, I, I thought it was fine. It didn't yeah, that's stand how, out I, I just thought me. it was kind of there. Yeah. But, I mean, it was huge. People loved it. Yeah. And people loved the Dory character. Now, I like Dory, the Dory character as a side character. I like it. I thought, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a side character. Kind of like the Minions. As side characters, yeah. they're funny and cute. That's how I thought Dory was. Agreed. But in a full movie where... She's annoying. She's annoying. She got on my nerves. I, I, I didn't find her cute or anything anymore. I just found her like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Yeah. Right. Well, plus there were too many coincidences for her on her memory thing. Yes. You know? uh, and it, that just became frustrating. It just became convenient. And yes. it just kind of killed the storyline. Look, Here's my, my opinion of both Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. And I texted this to you all, but the reason why... These two movies, and I think Cars is kind of like this, but they don't resonate with me personally, is that these are the only movies where your characters talk like five-year-olds. They talk like Elmo or yeah. Dora the Explorer. They do. And I have to listen true. to that for two hours. Yep. Like Maybe for a short, I can deal with it, but for two hours, I got to listen to Nemo talk. And I got, I mean, Dory, she doesn't talk like a kid, but, but she does, she does, the, the whale does. Yeah. You know, the, the uh, I guess, whatever, doesn't matter. Um Dory, she's just kind of a space cadet, but it's just multiple characters just talking like kids. Yeah, the dialogue just wasn't good enough yeah. for me. It's at ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's what Dory I'm saying. Is. It's insane. That's way overrated. Here's the deal. It's at seventy seven for IMDb, so fine. But I think it's about a five. That's yeah. I think yeah. it's pretty to look at. That's yep. it. I agree. Yep. The story's That's... not good. No, the story's not good at all. The story is just a rehash, and. This sounds ridiculous because we're talking about a cartoon movie. I get that. We're talking about a Pixar movie. But you can suspend your disbelief for what, you know, like they're going around and in the zoo and like things are happening to where they can get from one place to another. Okay. This is ridiculous. I know we're talking about a Pixar movie, but, but within this world, I still found this ridiculous. The whole ending part where she gets in. Uh, or when the the octopus drives the truck, yeah, was, and all that, it just got so ridiculous and yeah. dumb. I will say the slow motion scene that came from that was the best scene in the whole movie. Yeah, yeah it was funny. But I also am a sucker for slow motion. But it was funny. Well, in the whole because I needed to laugh. Well. I hadn't hardly laughed, but maybe two places in the movie. Yeah. Well, in the the way that they played the music, the music that went along with it, and his whole hum, whole come to pop a thing. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> fun. But I didn't think that the movie overall was funny. Either I'm with you. I thought that was one of the only funny parts. And I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but I'm going to throw this out there. I think that they really bumbled the ending as far as the reunion between Dory and her parents. Now, I did think that it was really effective when she saw all the lines of the shells leading out for where they were holed up. Because you realize, oh my gosh, every single day since she's been gone, they've been trying to to find her. They've been going out and, and laying these shells because that was her way to find her way home. That was effective, like the image of seeing that. But when she actually, like, found them, they came up to her, I thought it was so ineffective. They they built it up, and then it was kind of like, oh, cool, Dory, you're here. This is awesome. Yay, Mom and Dad. Oh, we got to go find Nemo. Yep. We got to go find my buddies. Like, it was so, like, rad, high five, you're here. Oh, no, let's go find your friends. Yeah. yeah like, it should have yeah. been this really emotional, touching Which Pixar moment. is good at. Which they're good at, yeah. but I felt like they really bumbled that. I didn't feel anything when I, I felt something either. when she saw all the all the shells. Didn't feel anything whatsoever except for disappointment when she actually met yeah. the parents. I went back and watched Inside Out this weekend. Uh-huh. I mean, and it still touches me emotionally mm. when I when I 
as opposed to physically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to rewatch Inside Out. <laughs> but it still hits at home. I mean, and this is like my fifth or sixth viewing on it. Uh, I mean, I've never had that with Finding Nemo or Finding Dory. It just doesn't work for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, I will say, let's talk about real quick the short before yeah. uh, Finding awesome. Dory was amazing. Maybe the best animated. I just thought it was gorgeous. Just the best animation maybe I've seen, period. So a good friend of my sister's, her their their son works at Pixar, and he works in the lighting department, I believe. Uh-huh. And they were telling me, because we just got through uh, talking about the, the good dinosaur, and you remember in the good dinosaur, remember the nature scenes were yes. amazing. In fact, they were. they were so real. They were. That I think that's why they had to make the dinosaurs kind of kooky to kind of Make it more like a cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah. And what that happened is that they, why it's so much better is that they have created an algorithm to give clouds their own particles to, you know, basically, I believe it's real parts of Montana that they are to, you know, turn into uh, digital images. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's the exact same thing they did here, especially with the sand pebbles. Yeah. Holy crap. That's got to be a similar algorithm. Those sand pebbles were. So whatever pic- pictures, man, they're just Pixar is bad when they want to be. Yeah. Man, that's As, cool. Like, like I would give that short like a nine. Is it just I on get, the visuals or did you like the story too? I thought the story was cute. Yeah. Uh, like it was cute. I liked it. It, it, it was cute. I did like it. It was cute. That's, that's it was but, but it was just so much that the animation was just so beautiful. Yeah. I just loved it. My favorite short still is the, um, I don't know what it's called, but it's the black and white where they're throwing the letter around. The that, love letter one. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That was really cool. Which that it won. For the, best yeah, short. Yes, it did. it did. That was that was great. How about you, Rach? We kind of been talking a whole bunch. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I do not remember the short. I remember the animation being good. Couldn't tell you a thing about the storyline though. The little birdie who was scared to go in the water, and then once she went in there and put her head underneath, she saw how to get to all the shells, and she became like the the amazing shell collector for all the other birds to watch and feed off of. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. All right. <laughs> I remember the animation being really good, though. I do remember thinking, like, oh, that looks really impressive and good. <laughs> but, no, I do not remember the storyline from it at all. So. Uh, so there's that. Well, that's okay. I, I just it did look pretty. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't really have much more to say about Finding Dory other than I thought the octopus character was kind of dull, too. Yeah. He just didn't make yeah. me laugh like I thought he might. Yeah, and, and I love Ed O'Neill. O'Neill. Yeah, Ed O'Neill's awesome, but yeah, he wasn't funny. No. You're right. He wasn't funny. The well wasn't funny. No, uh, no the well was annoying. The well I, was annoying. When the, and that was, I remember that was something that really annoyed me about Finding Nemo was when the, she starts doing that whale talk. Yeah, yeah, that was annoying. Yeah, it's not funny to me. Cash grab. I didn't yeah. laugh. And it worked. It. Oh, huge. It's making a ton. <laughs> it's it, three, it's so its budget was $200 million, It's grossed $372 million. I think it's going to pass, or already did, Toy Story 3 is their biggest domestic wow. box office success of all time. I could be wrong. We might want to look that up. But I feel like it either did or is on pace to, which is ridiculous. I think that's dumb. I agree. All right. So we can also talk about, let, let's just look at what the top of the box office is right now. Well, we've got Tarzan, we've got um, Free State of Jones, we have, we're missing one movie in there. Is that it? Um, uh, None of us have seen The Purge 3 yet. Whoa, so just to back off and talk about the budget for uh, Toy Story 3. All right, so it was also $200 million, but it grossed 1.6, 1.6. 
Whatever, one billion dollars worldwide. That is insane. Wow. Yeah, I mean, what, its opening weekend was one hundred and nine million. Yeah. So maybe. What did it make domestically? Final total. Uh, domestically, I don't have it in front of oh, me. Okay. Um, that was just worldwide. And see, so opening weekend for Finding Dory was one hundred thirty-five million. So yeah, it's already outbeating it by mm, twenty-five million, thirty yeah, million. That that that's nuts to me. Like Toy Story. Is by far and away to me a more iconic franchise. Oh, for sure. And Toy Story Three was a far better movie. Kids yeah. love Finding Nemo, man. They do. I don't get it. I don't get it. Either. Maybe because they're kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But kids love uh, Elmo and they love uh, Dora the Explorer. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so we can talk about Tarzan, uh, Free State of Jones. I know that uh, there's a couple of actually decent movies that we might talk about at the end uh, to give you a little bit of hope. Of movies to see. I want to hear about Tarzan, especially since it just came out this weekend. All right, here's the deal with Tarzan. It's it's very much the visuals are great. I mean, it's it's the best way I put it is much like we talked about with what was the last movie we talked about where we love the visuals but hated uh, lobster. It. Oh, visuals. Yeah, visuals, but we hated everything. I mean, we talked about it with Avatar. We've talked about it. Oh well, Rachel and I, uh, it was Mad Max. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I wouldn't compare this to <laughs> Mad Max, Fury Road. But, uh, you know, I I like uh, Alexander Skarsgård, uh, and I really like Margot. Kind of like Margot Robbie? I really like <laughs> Margot Robbie. You I lurk her a lot. I lurk her. I, I like can't her even too. talk when I talk about <laughs> I mean, the cast is... Actually, it's got a pretty good cast, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got a great cast. I mean, you got Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Digimon Hunsu. Christopher Waltz. Uh, Christopher Waltz. I mean, the cast is great. And it looks really, really pretty. Waltz. But I was going to say, did you guys just well, call just, Christopher Waltz? Did we? Both we're, we're of you point. did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you know him like we do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's just, it's kind of slow. Um, mm-hmm. It Not much really happens in the way of action enough to me. Like, it's just kind of slow. And it's just kind of plain. You're left just kind of like, okay, so what? I mean, you get to see a little bit of Tarzan action, and you get to see Margot Robbie, which is great. But honestly, it's just kind of a boring movie, which we, which you wouldn't think from a Tarzan movie. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a summer action movie spectacle on an iconic, weirdly iconic uh, character. I mean, Tarzan's really not relevant, hasn't been relevant for 50 to years. Me, he's, like a, he's like a Godzilla or a... a King Kong kind of character, or something yeah, that's but, I mean, he's never been, been in film big. a lot throughout the years. Yeah, throughout the years, but it hasn't Decades. been touched on him forever. And uh, I don't think he that character resonates anymore. Whereas I do think that a Godzilla or a King Kong resonates. And you can look at the box office, and I think that backs it up. But I don't think Tarzan. And again, you can look at the box office, and I think it backs it up that it doesn't resonate. To me, he's kind of like a Lone Ranger. Like he was like a oh, that's a good point. Like a, like a character that back in the day, like maybe. Our parents, when they were little kids, watched the TV shows or the movies about Tarzan and Lone Ranger. And they thought they were really cool characters, but they haven't been around or relevant for so long. And they seem kind of – it sounds whatever, but they seem a little lame compared to the the heroes that we get. Like Lone Ranger is just a dude that rides on a horse. Well, then the spinoff of that, though, because you can say Sherlock Holmes would be in that category – True. But then you cast Robert Downey Jr. I think that's all the difference. And you make him a physical character, as whereas he yep. was always a smart character. Right. And then you made him an it, action character. They basically. do all that, blow it out of the water. Yep. So 
Maybe it could be because of the casting choice. I think so. Look, Alexander Skarsgård's a decent actor. Yeah. And he's physically right for the part. He's ripped. He, he, oh, he is ripped. physically right for the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got eye candy for both guys and girls. And of course, he has his he's he's shirtless like the entire movie, which is great uh, for you. Uh, I wish Margo was, but uh, <laughs> but that said, uh, he's not. A huge movie star. I mean, you only know him if you watch True Blood. Uh, he's not a huge movie star, and, and he's not given the type of material that Robert Downey Jr. was given in, right. in Sherlock Holmes. So it, it. Plus, he probably talks like Tarzan as opposed yeah. to a smart human being. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So me Tarzan, you Jane. Does he do that? I mean, no. They 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 kind of humanize him more. They, they humanize him more than that. He's not your typical yeah. me Tarzan, you Jane. They kind of made him more. <laughs> Can you imagine him listening to that for two hours? Yeah, I don't know. I might have liked that more honestly <laughs> than what I did. It, it wasn't a movie that I that I hated by any means. It's one of the movies you go in, you turn your brain off, eat some popcorn, walk away, and you forget about it in about six months. And when you're going through the in your end of your movies ranking them, you're like, oh yeah. I forgot about Tarzan. I saw that. And then it ends up towards the bottom 30 Got of the it. list. It'll be a forgotten movie. Yeah. It's directed by David Yates, who directed the last four Harry Potter movies, uh, which I thought those were all pretty good movies. Yeah. Um, did you see any similarities to that style? Uh, I can kind of think about it in the trailer where it's kind of uh, muted colors. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe true. Maybe a little grainy. Yeah, that's true. I would say from a... From a it's like from a poor a man's uh, Steven Spielberg... Yeah, Style. like honestly, I don't really have any uh, problem with the direction and yeah. and the shots and the uh, visually it was really it was really pretty to look at mm-hmm. and there was some some decent action scenes. It was really just the script. It wasn't even the acting. It was just the script. You're just kind of like mm, okay, whatever. And it's hard to really care about the characters. You're just like okay, well, whatever. Walk in, turn your brain off, and leave. You're not gonna hate it. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was a bleh. Movie. I feel like that's how mm. all these movies are. Yeah, yeah. Um, that we're we're talking about. Other than Independence Day. Uh, oh, well, and it's a disappointing because this is summer. Myself. We're we're in the middle of summer. <laughs> this is where we should be getting these big awesome movies. And there's been so many disappointments, and there's been so many movies that they probably expected to to knock it out of the park, box office wise. Your Tarzans, your Independence Days, uh, your X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. All have been real big disappointments. You know, it's kind of weird. Last year, I believe, was a really good summer. I'm pretty sure it, it had was. multiple hits. Yeah. So maybe my I was Batman just a little Superman bit more sick. excited uh, than I should have been. Yeah. Because I have just been completely, uh, I don't know, gassed or uh, disappointed is an easy word, but uh, deflated of yeah. any kind of... Uh, We'll, I don't know. Just go. Do we even want to go to the movie theater right now? Right. There's just nothing out that looks good. Yeah. I'm not excited there's, to see anything, and that really stinks. There's know? one movie like uh, I want to see Neon Demon, but right. You know, and it's an indie type movie. Yeah. It's not even like. But it's only in one theater here in the city, right. and so unless I'm in the neighborhood, I have to drive you know almost an hour to get to it. Right. You know, it's it's been a really disappointing summer. I'd say that the only movie that met expectations was Civil War. Yep. That that would be I agree. it. Oh, I would yeah. say. I will say that there is one movie that I'll talk that I'll talk about towards the end that exceeded my expectations and I actually really liked. And when my brother and and his wife were asking me a movie to see, I was like, "Man, no, don't see that. No, don't see that." I was like, "Oh, see this. It's it's the one movie out right now that I'd actually recommend." Well, speaking of Civil War, then I'll talk about Free State of Jones real quick. Good co- oh, nice, <laughs> nice. 
And, and so, and that's the thing. I, I like uh, war movies. I love Civil War movies. Uh, Glory. I love Glory. You know? Oh, so, Glory is amazing. That's and I, one of my and favorites. I knew, oh, yeah. And, and I knew that we weren't getting that kind of a movie going into Free State of Jones. I know it was more about, um, oh, the slavery and really what the war, a lot of the war was supposed to be based off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Free State of Jones, it's directed by uh, Gary Ross, who I believe gave us... Uh, Pleasantville, and the first Hunger Games. He also did Sea Biscuit. He's not a terrible director. Um, this movie was uh, two hours long, every bit of two hours long, uh, two hours and twenty minutes. And um, really, all it does it tells a story of a point in time in American history, and it's just kind of a a sad story that lasts for. I mean, you know, it's it's the story after the war, like what happens, right? Right. Really, slaves go back to being. Or, you know, quote unquote, free, you know, free people. They go back to being slaves because the colonists or, you know, just find a way to work the system. We lose President Lincoln. So the new president in there is, you know, just catering to Southern, you know. So it's just a lot of every time you kind of like somebody or like like it seems like it's going good. It just goes bad again. And really, for the most part, it's just kind of depressing the entire movie. Uh, I appreciate the story it's trying to tell. I appreciate where you know it showed that we tried to work together uh, right. you know um both white and black races in the time being but it just failed to the system and of course we all know that you know the south has always uh had you know ku klux klan and so that comes up you know it's just it's just it's just hard to watch it's not like gory and actually it is kind of a authentic when it comes to blood which i i always appreciate right but um but it's not it's just it just kind of was. I just have a feeling I'm going to forget about it. I think Matthew McConaughey gave his best shot. Right. Because um, he's perfect for this kind of role with oh, his yeah. accent and all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can tell. I think he was into it. And he was trying to show that he was the leader of this of this militia, you know, and trying to fight against uh, the Confederate Army, actually. Right. That's who they were fighting against in this movie, which was a surprise. That is a surprise. But, right. Well, I mean, they are in the South trying to fight against the Confederates who's against slavery, so maybe it isn't. Maybe yeah. I just wasn't thinking. But, you know, he it's just – it had a lot of potential is all. Well, that, I was excited about it. I've actually been looking forward to this movie for quite a while. Uh-huh. I mean, well, I love the The set pieces premise. are amazing. And, and, the, and the visuals looked awesome. Yes. Uh, it's got Matthew McConaughey, who's been so hot lately. And the premise was really interesting to me. So I was really disappointed when right. I started seeing all the reviews trickling in. We just don't get war movies, epics anymore. And so that's one reason I was pretty excited about it. The, the, I, I, the set pieces were great. And when it showed war uh, elements, I was impressed. It's nice to see when directors can pull that off. But that really is probably just the first 20 minutes of the movie. Oh, that's and then we go into another hour and a half of depressing stuff, you know? Yeah, that sucks. So... That's Free State of Jones. You know, I give it about a six or a seven. It just yeah, was. Just a disappointing movie. Not a bad movie. Yeah, just a it just was. Movie. It just told me a, a story about something that happened in time. And, you know, it's just one of the key little movements in the right direction. Right. It just was, you know, 200 years ago. And, hmm. you know, the Civil War is interesting. The Civil Rights Movement is interesting. But you get that one decade right after the Civil War. <laughs> you know, what all <laughs> happens, right? So there you go. Uh, I was I was looking at um, the the box office because I was curious to see how many good movies to, uh, versus bad movies were in it, uh, and I I should mention that 
I do think the Jungle Book was a really good summer movie this year as well. Uh, but outside of that, in Civil War, look at all the disappointing movies you got out there right now. Alice Through the Looking Glass. Bomb. <laughs> huge bomb. Huge, huge, like, huge bomb. Um, good. Yeah, Warcraft. Stop giving Tim Burton money along with Roland Emmerich. Seriously. Stop giving those guys money. Seriously. Warcraft. Huge bomb. Huge overseas. Yeah, weirdly, China loves it. So but is Independence Day, by the way. It was huge so overseas. Weird. And so weird. They're actually supposed to do a couple more of these movies. Yep, I heard That's that too. That's insane. And way uh, to go, China. Yeah, for, way to screw it for, uh, for all of us. But I mean, uh, and, and critically, all these movies have been just ripped. Alice in the Looking Glass was ripped. Warcraft was ripped. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows. Terrible movie. I, I forgot that even existed. I haven't uh, heard one person it, talk about that movie. Well, which it, is, it was, yeah, I, I forgot it existed. I hear a little bit about yeah. Rock, Bebop and Rocksteady. I haven't heard anything about it. I watched it, and I could that could have been a movie that I, I gave a little snapshot review of. Uh, it was, Michelangelo was funny, and everything else sucked, I thought. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady. It was cool to see them on the screen. It was cool to see Krang on the screen. But so how they Krang handled, was in there, huh? Krang was in there. Yeah, they don't show that in the previews. I guess that's sort of a spoiler, but you're not going to see it anyways. Uh, but uh, Krang was in there, which was kind of cool. I got impressions that he might. Uh, um, I actually watched the original, the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles this weekend. Oh, you did? It, the kids had never seen it. Oh, did they love it? Oh, absolutely. Oh. And it was hilarious. Oh, it's, it's so good. I love it. I watch well, it every couple it, years. It's good for what it is, but it is. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but but this sequel bombed uh, critically and at the box office. X Men Apocalypse did. Now you see me too. So you know I've been thinking about X Men Apocalypse because Civil War was great. Obviously Batman versus Superman was terrible, and then we have X Men, which just was. Yeah, I think I'm finally hit to the point where what people have talked about, which is when are we going to get tired of all the the comic book movies? Right. I just have no reaction to X-Men Apocalypse, which stinks because I like the franchise. Yeah, so do I. The idea of X-Men. Yeah. But I think I'm finally to where it's like, I've just seen too many comic book movies. I'm tired of it. And I never thought I would be like For that X -Men two, or two or three years ago. Like, like, uh, I still like the Marvel movies. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I definitely I like those, but uh, between the other two that we've watched, I just don't care right now. The, I, I agree. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I would have never care less, like that ten years I ago. I couldn't care less about the DC universe, and I couldn't care less now about the X-Men universe. What about Suicide Squad? No anticipation for that whatsoever? Uh, I am a little bit. I uh, yeah, see. I do kind of want some, Because it's about villains. Well, yes, and, yeah. and that's where DC is, is got it figured out. That their villains true. are really good. Their they heroes suck. Yeah, But that their is villains true. are really good. And at Suicide Squad is really fascinating to me because I could see it going either way. I could see it like being a huge hit and critics loving it, or I could see it being a total bomb and it getting ripped up. Yep. My guess is that it's going to be a bomb. I, I just know I David Ayer. Something like this, I just don't see him pulling it off. I will say, and the and the cast interests me. I mean, between yeah, they have a good Jared cast. Leto and Margot Robbie and Will Smith. I mean, the the cast is it's set is up to be yeah, good. Yeah, it is. Um, That's been cool. I haven't seen any trailers or anything uh, in in almost a year now. Oh, really? Yeah, I have. and uh, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm actually. That's a good point. I am interested in in Suicide Squad, but. And I, I'm totally into the Marvel movies still, but but they have an overarching storyline that's headed somewhere, like it's building, right? So, and that's different than what these other Jokers are doing. Like X Men, it? it's like <laughs> uh, X Men. It's like every movie, like oh, so what are we doing this time? Oh, what what time period are we in? Oh, what like yeah, uh, like it's so random to me. And then and then DC Universe is just 
shitting on all their characters. <laughs> so whatever, it's uh, hard to care at all. Do you see that that instead of just releasing Batman v Superman on iTunes, it's like the special edition version? Yeah, yeah. It's like, like thirty minutes longer, as if we didn't have to suffer <laughs> enough. Like they're they have to already put that out because they're so desperate to try and make some money back on it or at least explain some kind of right. why it was so bad. That's insane. I I, th- I don't know. I, I would watch I would only watch again if the extra like thirty minutes or whatever that they added is just uh it's just like Luther saying ding 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 for like an extra thirty minutes. <laughs> or maybe another maybe conversation we can get about Superman their mom's. To smile. Yeah. <laughs> Martha maybe Martha Martha <laughs> yeah. I would watch that. <laughs> Um, now is okay. So we've talked about some really crappy summer movies. That's that's what this show is about. Now I will say that there are a couple of movies out there uh, that I would recommend, and I think we're pretty good. Did you watch The Shallows? Nope. Uh, okay, I know Misty has, and I've heard really good things about it. I really want to watch The Shallows. It's got Blake Lively, and it's a shark movie, and it's supposed to be really suspenseful. So I need to see that. Uh, I heard the effects are pretty good in it. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. And I will say I really enjoyed The Conjuring too. My uh, friend said he just got to watch Blake Lively in a bathing suit I the heard entire that time. Too. Yeah, which is which is nice. Isn't that great, Rachel? Cool. <laughs> uh, the Conjuring, you go watch Tarzan. Then. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a fan of horror movies, or if you liked the first Conjuring, The Conjuring Two is a really good sequel. I always heard that one was actually pretty good, but I just, just didn't watch it. It's 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 definitely worth watching. If I were doing a podcast at the time, I may have. But I'm not. I wasn't. But the movie I want to talk about <laughs> that I really, really enjoyed, um, that surprised me, uh, was Central Intelligence. I want to see this movie. I actually thought it was really funny. Did you see it, Rachel? Nope. I just want to see The Rock. I, the, I think the he's Rock funny. was hilarious. And after seeing Kevin Hart and liking him and yes. Get Hard, yeah, I'm really curious about it. I, I really, really liked it. It's got good reviews. Yeah, sixty eight percent from the critics. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's and for a comedy, especially this kind of comedy, that's really good. The, both the leads are really, really likable, and it, it has a good message. You know, a lot of comedies will try to have a message, and it's kind of cheesier. It's kind of done incorrectly because it's lowbrow comedy and so it's kind of forced just friends uh yeah yeah that's 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 what i think of when i saw the trailer that's actually yeah no that's a good good call but this this is like an anti-bullying message Uh and it's done really well in fact as a matter of fact i've heard that the rock and and kevin hart have like gone to a few different schools around the country and kind of using this as a platform for anti-bullying uh but their chemistry is just off the charts, the the Rock and and Kevin Hart, and they're both really charming and likable and charismatic, and 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 the Rock plays a character who is a big nerd back in high school, and so and he got bullied, and so he works out <laughs> and becomes the Rock, but he still has the nerd mentality. I'm excited like, to see the Rock in this like, movie. He still feels like a dork, or whatever, and he's still talking like like with all the lingo from back in the day. Because uh, he kind of never grew out of that, <laughs> and so and he's wearing like a fanny pack, like so he is kind of like you then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's he's the as much as I liked Kevin Hart in this, and and I thought he was funny. The Rock really steals the show. He's really coming to his own. I feel like in these last five years, maybe. Yeah, he has. I don't know. I mean, I never really watched any of the uh, Fast Furious movies. Yeah. Which I heard he's really he's good in. Yeah, he is good in. Um, yeah. When he plays a tough guy role, okay, it's fine. But like when he does his charismatic roles, yes, and that's where that, really that's when we see The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, it, that's what people loved him for back in the nineties. Yeah, it's that charisma that he has. Yeah, he's 
I mean, I've really, really started like The Rock this last five years. I, I never thought when I when I saw the trailers, but it, it's it's one of the best comedies I've seen in a while. I really, Good. really liked it. It's such a likable movie, uh, that, which helps a lot. Good. So, yeah, I would say go see it. Now, is there anything else that you guys have been watching that you want to? It's kind of at the what we've been watching lately. I, I did see Midnight Special, which came out earlier this year. You saw it as well. I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. Okay. Uh, when Brandon talked about it, I believe he said it was just okay. He was a little disappointed, right? Yep. Uh, I would say you're pretty much dead on on that. Were you, were you that mean, way? I think it's done really well. Yes. But it's a little anticlimactic. That's exactly, that was exactly my whole it thing about it. had a lot of potential in there. Yes. But I think ultimately the characters are kind of boring. They are. And they don't really fully explain the boys' situation. Which was fascinating. And like it was a really up, cool effects. And yes. Yeah, and the buildup was so good. So like the homecoming, I'll call it like that. I'll, I'll right. leave it like that. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, oh, that's it? Yep. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. Me and Misty both, we were like, oh, okay. They built it up so well. And the mystery was so good. And you were so into it. Like, where is this leading? Where is this going to? This is going to be good. And it happens, and it's revealed, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then they don't even really ever fully explain his powers. Like, okay, I get I get it, but how does that make him so special, and why is this? Yeah. Like, it, it, it was you, so You don't know if it's spiritual or alien, or, I mean, I have an idea what it is. I'm trying to not completely spoil it. Um, it's just, it's just. It's just another one that was just was. And they kind of wasted Michael Shannon, too. Right. He didn't do much in this one. He didn't one. do much. Like, anybody could have played his role. The budget was $18 million and opening weekend, it only made 190000 Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's indie to the core. It's grossed like, $3.7 so far. It just hasn't been released wide. And I'm just thinking, you know, because it's sci-fi, you know, sci-fi can usually draw people. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, the director, Jeff Nichols, who also did Take Shelter, mm-hmm. Mud, two yeah. movies that are very good, especially Take Shelter. Yeah. Uh, people, a lot of people were excited about this, especially critics were really oh, yeah. excited about yeah. this. And I, I, w- I was pumped because I'm a big sci-fi fan. I want to see what he could do. Yeah. It's nice to see a low-budget movie in a sci-fi. It's like safety not guaranteed. Yeah. Low-budget movie sci-fi. And it yeah. was pretty good. And yeah. I think this was good. Yeah. It just... But it was also really disappointing. It was just disappointing. I uh, just walked away. Dis- I'd say that most sci fi's are blow them up, you know, rolling in yeah. like bullshit. And that's why I was excited about this. Yeah, and this it, was. Since it didn't come subtle. through, it's like, darn it, I hope they continue to give small budget sci fi's chances. Yeah. And they will. It's just don't happen. It doesn't happen enough to me. No, it doesn't. Because that's uh, how we get our primers. That's how we get our. Yes. Um, so it's Sunshine, probably. Yeah, Sunshine. Um, you know, some of those. Sorry. Uh, I think that uh, the more most interesting character was kylo ren's character uh i thought he was pretty good he was good but i think adam driver is just a unique actor he is so he kind of makes every yeah. part a little bit unique speaking of that when you speak about uh talk about the death of oh the shoot oh oh yes and the reason i say that is because he's a very charismatic actor uh, um, Yeltsin, uh Yeltsin, Yeah, it's not like it's john smith or anything Yeltsin <laughs> ulrich or something Yelchin. I don't know how to say his last name. I must stay out of this because Jacob will say something about it. I really like the guy. Anton Yelchin. <laughs> Anton Yelchin. Anton, yes, thank you. Uh, Anton Yelchin. So it's just a freak accident, really sad. But I've always liked him in all the movies he's been in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was great that he was Chekhov in Star Trek. But I first noticed him in Alpha Dog uh, mm-hmm. as a young kid. And then he went on to do... 
is it like crazy? Is that is that the name of the movie? The love the love story. Um, yeah, it was like crazy, I believe. Uh, like crazy came out in 2011, and it's also starring Felicity Jones, who's going to be in the new Rogue One coming up. Uh, and he's just really good in that. He's a very unique actor, but he really turned on the, his skills in playing Chekhov in the Star Wars Star Trek movies. Uh, I mean, he's a I think he was a unique, charismatic actor, you know, I, and I would have liked to see where his career was taking him. Yeah, because no, he, he, he's a good actor for his age. He was a really good actor, and he was he had a lot of personality. He was really likable. He you you always enjoyed him. He had a sweetness about him. He had like yeah. a, a cuteness. Well, and about he was him. in Rudderless, which was filmed in Oklahoma. So yes. we actually know a lot of people who worked on the movie yes. and were around him, and they all said that he was a very genuine, nice laid back guy like everybody really liked him yeah he was in green room which you all saw earlier this year yeah yes. he was in green room yeah, and again room. most likable person in the movie he's just so he likeable. was the lead in a movie called odd thomas which we watched which was a, a fun movie it was a fun movie and and he was really likable yeah he's such a likable guy uh he was also in the beaver he was in charlie bartlett he was in the remake of fright night yep he played charlie brewster in the remake of fright night so he's 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 been really. He was really active. Oh, he's in that Only Lovers Left Alive movie that Rachel and I both hated and put on the. It's not his fault, though. No, it wasn't his. Fault. <laughs> uh, I would say of all those things, though, you really should. Burying the Eggs was another fun little Burying, comedy yeah. horror movie that yep. he was in. Experimenter with Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, he's been uh, really efficient. Uh, I would say see Rudderless though. It's it's a good little indie movie. Now I just want to give him a quick little shout out. Yeah. Um, I'm what else? Miss that guy. Just a terrible, tragic accident. Oh, crazy, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have one more movie that I've been wanting to see, but it came out last year. And it's the James White movie. Yeah. Uh, James yeah. White starring Christopher Abbott, who I only really know him from Girls. Uh, he's definitely, well, yeah, he's in a couple other movies, but Girls is, uh, I think, where he kind of got started. Um, it's very good and super depressing. Right. Uh, the story of... He's also in the most violent year. That's what else he's in. He's the one who runs away after shooting at him in the yeah, streets right. on the bridge. I believe it's yeah. a pretty good little chase scene. Um, but James White is uh, James, a twenty-something New Yorker, struggles to take control of his self-destructive behavior in the face of moments, families, momentous family challenges, and what those challenges are is that his mother's dying of cancer, and his father has died at the very beginning of the movie. Right, and he didn't have a relationship with his father, and uh, it's a it's a hard watch because he just takes care of his mom, and then when he's not taking care of her, he's out just getting drunk and doing drugs, right? And he just can't get seem to get it together. He's just completely self destructive, right? Uh, dude's a darn good actor. Like oh, he yeah. has a he has a future yeah. if he can keep it up. But no one saw this movie. No one's even heard of it. And no. I only happened to see the trailer and was like, oh, that's a, trailers will get me sometimes. You know, I yeah. totally judge a book by its cover. <laughs> um, and it was a good trailer. And like I said, it's, it's a good solid movie. It's 83 on Metascore. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the fans give it a 7 too, which I'm not surprised at all because it's not an easy watch. Yeah. You, I mean, you'd, you'd been talking about this movie for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, and wanting to watch it. I remember uh, we've we've mentioned it here and there on the show a couple yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, so Cynthia Nixon, uh, she was um, oh, Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Yeah, she's really good in it. Uh, she's really good in it. But really, Christopher Abbott, he is amazing in it. Yeah, just a tough movie. Uh, I need to watch that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I definitely need to watch that. I only, I've only found it on iTunes. So, that's all the ones I've stuff I've talked about. Y'all, 
Y'all can talk now. <laughs> Rachel, you have anything that you've watched lately? Oh, OJ Made in America. Oh, yeah. But go ahead. I'll, I want to hear no, Rachel talk. I, I don't have anything that I've watched lately. Really? I've yeah, you do. What have I watched? Game of Thrones finale, guys. Oh. Come on. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked Game of Thrones at all this year. I'm hesitant to talk about it, though. I think if we do, we should... Actually, do, do a review episode. on it. Yeah, that's actually. And that way, cool. just say it's spoiler from the beginning because it's yeah. hard not to talk about that. Oh, yeah. I would love to do a, a Game of Thrones finale slash season wrap up slash look ahead. Let's do that. I think that was the best finale of Game of Thrones so I think far. so, too. I think so, too. And as a matter of fact, what's coming out this week? Um, I wouldn't mind doing a Game of Thrones. We've got the Mike and Dave movie. Oh, yeah. So, Game of Thrones next week? <laughs> if you want to. I would be down for that. We can cut this out of the show, by the There's way. There's one other one that might be worth reviewing. The Secret Life of Pets. I'm kind of tired of cartoon yeah, movies right now. And we've reviewed so many of them. Yeah. Okay, and cool. I can already tell you what that movie is going to be like. It's going to be kind of cute and fun. Yeah. And we'll be it's done. It's going to be like Zootopia. That. Yeah. Uh, so, OJ Made in America. Oh, man. All right. So, y'all watched... American Crime Story, right? Is that what it's called? Then O.J. Simpson, is that how they were? The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Yeah. And yeah. and I had, was listening to the radio, and I believe uh, whoever was talking had said that they watched that first, and then they went and watched the stock, this five-part documentary that ESPN put out, and they were like, I, I just kind of wish I just saw the documentary only because I believe that's what they were trying to do uh-huh. in American Crime Story. Am I saying that right? American Crime Story? Yeah, yeah it's American okay. Crime Story... Because it's the colon. Peop- colon colon the people versus OJ yeah. Simpson. I mean, I will it is say- so good. I mean, it's everything you want to get from a documentary, from a tragedy, yeah. from I mean, you know, a, a, ra- a, a famous person from his descent. I mean, it's it's sad. It's frustrating. It's it's anger. It's yeah. uh, all kinds of emotion. Plus, it brings back. I mean, I was fourteen. I think ninety four. I was fourteen when this all mm-hmm. happened, and so it brought back a lot of memories, man. Yeah, and that's the thing, uh, you know, we, we all kind of grew up with it, and it was, I think that we were old enough to realize what was going on and, and, and get that it was a big deal, but I think now watching it as grown-ups, as adults, uh, seeing it from that lens, I can see why it was such a big deal, and why it captured the world's imagination, and, and, and all those things, where at the time, like, oh, OJ the football player, oh, he murdered someone, that's bad, yeah. but... It didn't hit home, I don't think. You know, for us, we we watched it through the the FX show, which which was really really good. Now, Rachel and I haven't watched the ESPN uh, five part documentary series yet. You've watched the first episode, right? The first episode, and we're gonna watch all of it. But I would say that even watching the TV show, one, it was really really good and entertaining and educational. And I know that the documentary series will obviously go more in depth as yeah, far 30 as, for 30 is legit they, yeah. i mean they're all really well they're made amazing. and all that stuff so <laughs> yeah and aren't they all an hour and a half episodes i mean they're all like they're yes. episodes. Yeah. i mean i think the fifth one's even an hour and 45 minutes yeah it's crazy. um it's written produced directed by ezra edelman who i'm not familiar with um he i'll say this the other ones he's done i've never heard of his uh, his other documentary so we'll just stick with this um that was interesting so <laughs> It's a, it kind of tells duo stories, and it does a very good job of bouncing back and forth between the life of a- O.J. Mm-hmm. and then also uh, Los Angeles in general. And we're talking about LAPD and civil rights movement. Right. 
And so we're kind of bouncing back and forth. And it does it a lot more. No, it does it pretty equally throughout. I was going to say a lot more in the first two episodes. But it really does set it up in the first episode, I believe, which you all which you all have seen where it shows back in the fifties and sixties of, you know, families moving out to California to get a fresh start. And they're dealing with one of the hardest, you know, police forces that are out there and hardest is probably not even a fair term. They're, um, the things that they did are a crime, you know? Right. And, but all the while we're hearing this, we got this story about OJ Simpson too, a guy who wants to stay out of the limelight. He wants to be known as OJ. He doesn't want to be defined by his race. He wants to be defined as his person, his you know, his character. And, and when he's young, you, you're all about it. But as time progresses, you realize that fame is overtaken and he's all obsessed with being famous. Right. About being, being loved, about being relevant. And uh, you really find yourself just kind of feeling sorry for him in a, to an extent. Right. In the end, because it's pretty pathetic what he turns into. Yeah. But sticking to the story of, of the murder of uh, Nicole Brown Simpson and um, Ronald Goldman. Goldman. Um. That's just well, you you get a lot of details on the murder. I'm trying to not spoil too much, you know. And look, we know a lot about this stuff, but boy, when they show the the clips, yeah, I didn't think they were going to do it. It blew. Well, I was just not expecting it. Yeah, and, and it was some close up, vivid photography, and yeah. it was it was hard, and it just made it even more sad because you know we're dealing with two people here, and then that whole trial turns into a race war. Yeah, and it was just uh, that's the part where it was just frustrating. But I also they make some very good arguments. A lot of the the black leaders right. make some very good arguments as to when well, we put up with about fifty years of bullshit. You know, yeah. this is just one for you, and so it's like oh, I guess I kind of see the perspective, even yeah. though it's like we're talking about two people who were murdered. It is so good. Like I would, I would, I would put it up with making a murderer, and maybe I'm just on the bandwagon right now. But I would put it up there with making a murderer, and um, um, and the jinx, the jinx for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, th- you're not the only one. I've heard like people are going gaga over it like they they say it's just maybe it's just because i can't get enough of this oj story and i try and stay away from those you know uh popular uh, pop culture stories as far as how people are obsessed with entertainment weekly mm-hmm. or us magazine i I'm, i don't believe in that stuff paparazzi like tabloid stuff. yeah tabloids yeah. i don't believe in that but the oj thing i mean it is like the story of the century uh, next i mean it's it it probably is well, I'll tell you, it's more relevant now than the, the, the Lindenberg baby, which is they compare it to. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy how obsessive you become with it. The, this, this is man's fall from grace. It's crazy. Well, yeah. It's, 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 it's fascinating and it's tragic and it's. And then you, and, you bring in history with it, too, with all the, the civil rights. Right. Movement. Well, and and we were all alive for it, but we didn't grasp it at the time. So it was a part of history that we were we remember, but we didn't really understand what was happening. Or at least I didn't at the time. We I didn't either. I me. didn't either. I mean, like I've always felt he was probably guilty, but I was a dumb kid back then. Right. Now that I'm an adult uh, and you just see the brutal killings. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, like, it was animalistic, really. Yeah. Um, you try to refocus on what's important. It's it's very good. It's yeah. very very good, and you can find it for free. Actually, if you have an Apple TV, you can find it on ESPN to watch. Yeah, you can get it on your Roku or whatever if you have yeah. uh, access to ESPN Go. You can also purchase it on iTunes if you want. But if you yeah. got an Apple TV, yeah. it's there. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna watch it, and and people are are hyping it up, saying so. I am definitely going to finish watching that. Fourth and fifth uh, episodes are the, are the two best, in my opinion. Nice. Because it's all like you know, the conclusion and right. really the aftermath, the down, you know, what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Have you, you seen anything else? 
I've seen the the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, and this goes along with the whole documentary thing. And I I told Rachel to watch it, and she watched it, and I think I told you to watch it too. The, oh, staircase. the staircase. No. Oh, uh, have I not told you about this? I don't believe so. Okay, the staircase is a is an early two thousands documentary series that was on the Sundance Channel. And it was a precursor, basically, to the Jinx and Making a Murderer and Serial, the podcast. Um, but because it was on Sundance, it didn't get the, the mass audience. And, you know, it's it's in style now. It's like, it sounds crazy, but true crime is like the thing now. Uh, so people are all about it, you know, but that wasn't so much the case when this came out. Now, critics loved it. Critics were fascinated by it. And that's the only reason I heard about this, because... I was looking up stuff on Serial because I just listened to it and making murder and jinx, and this kept coming up. Like you got to watch Staircase, you got to watch the Staircase. It was like the first one. Nobody knows about it because it happened a long time ago. But but yeah, it's basically about a novelist um, who, from North Carolina, and his wife is found dead at the bottom of a staircase. Uh, they live in a mansion. Really, really rich. She's like a big wig at her her company. And the interesting thing is, okay, so he gets arrested for a murder. He claims his innocence. But the interesting thing is this camera crew came from the time um, that he hired his lawyer through the end of the trial. And it's kind of the first time ever that basically – all these things have been captured and you sit with the defense and you see the prosecutor side and, and just like these other stories, there's so many different surprises and twists and layers to it. And you find yourself, Oh, he's definitely guilty. Oh, I don't know. He might be innocent. <laughs> you get oh it. no, he's guilty. Oh no, I think he's innocent. The text I sent Brandon, I was like, man, he did that ish. Like yeah. <laughs> totally. Like there's no yeah. way that this guy didn't do that. And then at the end, I really don't, I don't think that you, he did. You don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of came away. Um, he he's a little you know in these stories you're the main character or whatever you want to call him is always kind of what compels you and this guy is not he's not your Stephen Avery who's kind of not that smart or you know he's just kind of a country bumpkin and he's not OJ who's a celebrity and love like this is a guy he's a novelist he's I, I think he's a pretty well-respected novelist well-respected novelist but not a major name or anything like that. He's just weird. He's just a weird guy. Weird dude. But and he's, he's not, not really he's, that likable. And you don't want to pull for him. But he's not unlikable But he's either. not unlikable either. He's a really interesting person. It's a really interesting character study. Too. Well, and when you find out about his family is when it really gets fascinating. Yeah. And then there's something major that happens. I won't give it away. But you find out something that becomes a part of this trial and a part of his history and you're like what the hell how is this possible and it immediately makes you think oh well this well that guy did it this dude did it <laughs> there's no way but as they unravel that you're like well I it is just a crazy coincidence probably yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know when we're ever going to be able to do a list on documentaries I just never seem like there's a good timing yeah because I still have one that I've I've been waiting for ever since we started doing this to, to talk about it but I'm not going to I'm just going to hold off we need to find we'll, we'll find a way to do it but 
the staircase. The staircase. Um, I'm going to text my friend that because he loves documentaries. Yeah, you yeah. can, and it's and it's a miniseries. It's like eight episodes. Oh, really? Uh, it's eight episodes long, uh, and you can get on the Sundance channel. Yeah, you you can sign up for a free trial. You have to watch it within the month, or you're going to end up paying. And you have once you've signed up, you have to cancel it, or they'll automatically charge you. But you can watch it for free. Yeah, just go to Sundance channel and, and sign up for a free trial. Uh, that's what I did. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. Definite must watch it on is. The, in the line of documentaries. Uh, that anything else? Yeah, we, we're sorry. It's been a couple of weeks since we yeah. put something out, but yeah. you no, know, a, a little one-hour gym for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is the crappy summer movies episode of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Be sure to listen next week when we take on Game of Thrones. We'll review the finale. We'll do a season wrap-up, and as we get towards the end of this epic. Possibly greatest TV show of all time. Mm, I, I think be, it is to now. be determined, but but very possibly could be. What's going to happen? What's our predictions for what's going to happen? We're going to tackle all the storylines, all the major characters. Maybe have some fun with it. Do some lists. They're all uh, going to die. It's gonna <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. They've been telling us that from the beginning. Hey guys, winter is here. Oh, thank God! It only takes spoiler six years. Spoiler alert! By the way, people. <laughs> spoiler alert. This has been Pulp Fiction. Thank you for listening.